Well, we're still here, so let's talk about it. You know, normally I don't say much in the way of introductions, but today I want to share, before I get into the topic for this episode, a little bit about some traveling that I've been doing. Last year, I had been invited to a wedding. The logistics were so difficult for me, I finally just said, I'm so sorry, but I cannot attend. Then, of course, I felt badly because this person was a really important person in my life, and I didn't want to hurt them by not coming. Of course, they understood, and they were very gracious. But me being me, it was on my mind, and I knew that I had to make up for it in some way. And I did. I think that we managed to have a really nice time together where we could talk about the wedding, talk about the honeymoon, and how life as a new married couple was going. Most of us can attest that at a wedding, we very rarely get that much time with a bride and groom because they're being pulled in so many different directions. I was also invited to a wedding later in the year. Again, I had to decline my attendance because of logistical stuff. What is happening in my head, I think, is as I'm getting older, it's getting more difficult for me to be able to manage reservations and cars and who am I going to stay with? Where am I going to be at this day? How many people can I see in this small amount of time? What happens is I get very overwhelmed. I start to get anxious about the travel. And then I just say, I can't. It's just better if I don't. But it's not because I'm missing some people that I really love and care about and want to see celebrating their marriage. This past couple of weeks, this trip that I took was for that purpose, to spend one-on-one time with the bride, to get to talk to her about her wedding and how things have been going since she got married. Again, being a very gracious and kind friend, she forgave me for not coming She understood how tough it was going to be to make two separate trips so close together. Because you see, as I got the invitation, I had already booked a trip to California. The wedding happened to be two weeks later. Anyway, it was really difficult for my brain to wrap around how to make it work. So I made it work in July. There you go. The little reunion that we had was really great. We had tears just talking about some personal things that had happened in the year or more since I saw her actually. But then there was joy to talk about the wedding and the future. I had another not so great visit that week because I had also planned to see a friend who's quite ill. There was joy in that visit. We talked and we actually got to laugh. I got a great video and some memories to carry forward into this next season of my friend's life. We all know eventually he'll die, but guess what? I got to talk to him a little bit about end-of-life planning. In the coming weeks, I'm going to talk about grief, because while this is not a podcast designed to cover grief or to have it be a main topic, It's like that elephant in the room that I've mentioned before of having relationships that are strained and maybe so toxic or unhealthy, we need to stay away from them. Grief 
is a topic we can't get around. Loss creates grief. There are so many things in our lives that create grief. To define grief is deep sorrow, according to Mr. Google. Deep sorrow can explain so many things in our lives. Lost opportunity, not being at the wedding and feeling so sad, and maybe I even grieved the opportunity to be in either of these wedding gatherings, wrapped up in the laughter and fun, even though I don't get to see the people I care about for any real length of time. It's still fun, right? The loss and the potential loss of my friend causes me sorrow. I talk about, you know, let's plan what we want to have at the end of our life. My friend is able to do that. Another friend hasn't been so lucky. Death knocked on their door way earlier than ever expected. There was no time to plan. Grief still comes, though. And sometimes grief can come as a result of not having a plan, not ever having had a conversation. Other times you can plan whatever you want, (laughs) but it just doesn't go that way. In the coming episodes, I want to talk a little bit about grief. I have a great interview planned for you. I think you'll hear a lot of really wonderful things about what grief does, where it comes from, how we can move through grief, not stuff it away, but actually process the feelings of loss, separation, whatever it is that we are experiencing during a time of grief. But also acknowledging, like for me, being an empty nester, my husband and I grieve the loss of those moments together (laughs) of like, I'm going to cry. My son whistling down the hallway. My daughter singing loudly to the radio because they were just happy children. And I grieve those moments of not having them here. I grieve the moments of their youth. My daughter has come to live with us and she's been here for a year. And every now and then I get to hear her singing to the radio and it takes me back to when she was a child. The grief comes from her childhood and being so sweet and so kind and just so loving. I see it now as an adult, but let's face it, as an adult, we've had hurts and disappointments in our lives. Grief can come from that. And maybe the tune of her song has changed just a little bit. But life does that, right? We can rejoice over how growing into the adults that we are has become different than the youth. Sometimes the innocence has been taken away by others, by experiences, and they have to be grieved. That doesn't mean that there isn't room for new joy, new experiences, new laughter. As long as we have breath in our lungs and a life that we can live, there's a chance for joy. For someone I know who's so debilitated from disease, there is still a chance for joy. The little things become so much more important. However, 
the grief of the life that they knew before when they were completely able-bodied, clear-minded, are dissipating or have already gone. As I sit here, this is not how I expected to share with you today to introduce this idea of grief, but (laughs) you got it in real time. I do grieve my children, even if they both lived here, all of us in the same house. There is still some melancholy about the times when my son learned how to ride his bike for the first time and the laughter of when he decided to ride his bike with no hands on the handlebars for the first time and lost a tooth. Of course, we were quite upset at the time, worried about what would happen to his teeth. But he's long healed now, and and it's a laughable time. It's a sweet memory. It's a sweet memory when my daughter, who loved sharks, wanted everything to know about sharks, became so knowledgeable about sharks, she developed a fear of the ocean. It was sweet that she wanted to have those knowledgeable little nuggets about sharks so that she could share them with her friends and learn so much, but it actually became a fear. And how is that sweet? It's sweet because she just went after something that she was passionate about. Of course, she didn't set out to become fearful. So you might say, She had to grieve that passion of learning and being around sharks because she learned the reality of being around sharks is dangerous. There's so many losses that we have in our lives. Some of us count every single one and dwell on them, relive the pain day after day. And there are others who have learned to take that deep sorrow, that period of grief. And I've even said once before, on here, that it can wash over us. That pain can just consume us for a moment, wash over us, let us just really reconcile it, and then it passes away. It doesn't take away our memory or the love we have for someone who's gone. But that moment of grief has passed and allows us to have the joy and the memory at the same time, and to relive the relationship that we've lost. When we plan our death, or our dying, in either way, both, it's not because we don't want grief. It's because we want those moments of joy before they slip away, before we lose our chance. To plan for the good death does not mean those around us won't grieve after we're gone. They will. The love will be there. The sorrow of us gone will be there. But the agony of, did I do the right thing? Did I say the right thing? Did I forgive? Was I forgiven? Did I express love? All of those opportunities can be grasped, enjoyed ahead of time. So we don't go to our grave missing opportunities and the people around us don't spend the rest of their days alive on earth in guilt over something not said or something not done. 
That is why, for me, I want to plan. Not to take away grief, but maybe to soften it just a little or just fill it with so much joy. I hope that you'll get something from these next few episodes about grief and then to hear the interview from someone who knows a lot about grief because she's a grief specialist. It's something to look forward to, a conversation to be remembered and utilized. Thanks for being here with me today, letting me cry once again. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for listening today. You can go to my website for more articles, little news pieces, or a transcript of this podcast. The website is whilewe'restillhere.com. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can send me an email too. Thanks again. And until next time, take care.